Welcome to Survive and Thrive, Panda's podcast for expecting and new parents. My name's Alice, and in this episode, we'll be discussing the expectations around parenting and this great evidence-backed theory of good enough parenting. Today's guest, Jess, will share some of her experiences about the pressures and expectations of parenting and her personal strategies for managing them and embracing this idea of being good enough. Many parents feel a lot of pressure to be the best parents they can be, and many of us worry about doing well as parents. It can be hard to know what that means, with such a flood of information out there about parenting, pregnancy, and birth choices. Good Enough Parenting is a concept introduced by pediatrician and psychoanalyst Donald Winnicott, who worked with thousands of mums and babies in the 1950s, and it's then been confirmed by a lot of neuroscience research since. The concept basically means that parents who provide attentive care to their children just 30% of the time can raise healthy, resilient children. Even then, it's hard to know what that actually looks like. So thank you so much for joining us, Jess. Pleasure. How would you introduce yourself? Well, my name's Jess, and I'm a working mum to two beautiful kids. Um, My son is almost eight, and my daughter is four and a half, and I'm a panda volunteer. And before you became a parent, you know, your kids are a little bit older now. A few years ago, what did you think made a good or successful parent? And where do you think those ideas came from for you? I think for me... um, raising happy kids would tell me that I'd be aiming to be a good parent um, and being able to provide for them what they needed, a standard that I would hope to deliver um, in all things, security, home environment, nutrition, um, attention, love, um, bonding, um, and I think a healthy and positive family dynamic. And I think that really aligns with what a lot of people think about when they think about being a really good parent. That's kind of the expectation. And not just that you'll be able to deliver all of those things, but that it will come naturally. How did the reality of parenthood challenge those ideas? Uh, The reality of parenthood, I think, is something that constantly evolves. It evolves when you fall pregnant. It evolves through that period, through delivery, um, and into bringing your baby home and and providing in the home in, in the home environment and um, and also in the relationship that you manage with your child. For me, I feel before having my child, I had a broader idea of what um, it might be, and I certainly had expectations for how that would go, and I had expectations of myself and my family on how they would you know how we would work together to support, uh, and I think. You know, it's one of those things where you can't control too much and you can't anticipate too much. And it's one of the hugest life changes that you can go through. You're literally producing another body from your body and still trying to maintain yourself whilst doing it. And the baby constantly changes and evolves at such a rapid rate. And so does your body in recovery. Um, And I think what you want for your baby changes really dramatically when the time is there and it's real. And I think for me having a baby, um, I wanted to attend to my son's every need, you know, that instead of being so broad, it became so acute for me. 
what signals is my baby giving me? How do I interpret those signals? How do I respond to those signals? Can I respond? Am I missing something? Um, am I making a mistake? Um, his behaviour or his cries are telling me something different and how quickly can I model and relearn um, what I may have applied a week or two earlier, sometimes just the day prior. Like for me, uh, it just evolved and, and changed shape so frequently. Um, and it still does today. I think the key thing has been it's kind of an onslaught when you have that first little human and you really are challenged to learn to adapt. Um, and I think there's a struggle period or there was for me where there's some resistance around uh, wanting to keep it contained and, and eventually having to surrender and allow it to be what it actually is. As my children have grown up and their needs have evolved, but my experience has evolved too. And so I guess that concept of being good enough for that 30% of the time, um, whilst earlier on I couldn't imagine that being a standard for me, it had to be 100%. Um, the pressure that put on me at that time burned up so much of my energy, um, energy that I could, in fact, have been investing in my baby or myself um, to make the experience more fluid and more in flow and just more fruitful and more joyful. And it did take a while. And I guess today you're still a parent evolving and changing, but you kind of um, have a bit more, for me, detachment on them as their own individual human and me as mine. And I think that's a pretty huge thing that really, really early on, you, for me, I didn't really see myself as separate to my baby. And I think through working towards self-care and acknowledging that I have needs and acknowledging that I actually need to fill my own cups that I could pour from it was a really huge turning point in me being able to have the acceptance and uh, that I needed for myself and what I was able to deliver for my baby, which was incredible. Um, so, I, you know, what I, what I know now is you're already the perfect mother for your child because they are yours. You're already good enough. And I think early on it's constant questioning of how do I be good enough but now I would say to somebody you already are so if you're starting from that position of you're actually already enough you're actually already good enough just because you're you and just because you actually have the intention and want to be good enough and I feel like for any of my friends and family that have had a, a child I would say to them if your intention is actually to be good enough you already are and from there things will unfold you'll be able to acquire the experience and knowledge and learning that's unique for your situation just by being in it. And that's such a powerful message. I love that you talk about acceptance. It's kind of a simple concept, but it's hard to get there for a lot of us. It's it makes sense when you think, okay, I need to I want to accept that, you know, that I can't be perfectly attentive to my child, or really that that's not even necessarily the best situation for me or for them. But then to actually accept that that is that really is good enough, that can be a struggle. How do you feel like you came to terms with that? I would say that acceptance is something that you have to ruminate on. You have to actually focus on that as an idea um, and see how you can bring that about. And acceptance for anything, um, yourself or being good enough or just the situation that you're in or the four walls you're in or how your day is going to look that day, hour by hour, who's coming, who's not coming to help. But also just in life in general, it's one of those first steps to surrender to whatever is happening so that you can then, I guess, find and choose where to from there. Resistance is one of those things that really brews that anxiety 
and wanting to avoid the pain or wanting to change the pain or wanting to contain or control something. And it's a huge learning, like you say, and it sounds simple, but I feel like it's one of those things you actually have to sit back and pause and choose to attempt to accept because the relief that comes to you when you finally go, okay, it is what it is. I am where I am and this is what's happening this minute. And if you just give yourself that air and space to be where you are, then I think you can then make a choice about not your whole life right then and there. You don't need a life plan. You know, you don't need to know what's going to end up and become of your child or your life in that moment, which I think is where we get stuck is this huge picture and this huge plan and this huge weight of expectation and desire. And so I think if you can sit there and pause with acceptance and probably practice that regularly, whether your baby spits out their food or vomits up that breast milk that you work so hard to produce and deliver, notice in yourself where you're resisting what actually is. And when you surrender to that and give in and just say, yeah, it is. And then, okay, so what next? I found that to be the way I would explain that the best, I think. And that relief from those expectations can be really important to fill your cup, using that beautiful phrase that you used, because you need that energy and you need that even just a moment, even just 30 seconds with yourself as an individual, as a person, which you were before your baby came along and which you actually still need because you're still a human being and an adult as well as a parent. So that can be so important. We've already touched on this a little bit. When you think about the concept of good enough parenting, so kind of connecting with this concept of good enough parenting, what does it mean for you to take time to be an individual as well as a new parent? Yeah, early on, I think that was a really big challenge because, as I said, I I didn't really identify as being separate from my baby. And at that time, I really didn't feel like he identified as being separate from me. And I think that that's pretty normal. (laughs) To give yourself that time and space to actually be yourself, I think you need to cultivate it again. It's like, for me, I was somebody else. I morphed into a new person. (laughs) I moved in synergy with another person. And at some point, I realized that that's not enough. And I actually need to reclaim myself. And also, the only person who can do that is yourself. No one's going to hand that to you. Many people would say to me, you need to put yourself first. And at that time, that just fell on deaf ears. I couldn't really hear that. But I did hear it a lot of times. It just never got through. So people could see that in me, but I couldn't see it in myself until I was ready. And I think it comes back to that acceptance. And when you're in your own mind about what can I accept, a lot of my decisions came from there about what do I need and what would give me more resource in myself to be able to do or be how I'd prefer to be than where I am right now. And sleep is that age-old thing that we all talk so much about and sleep deprivation. But uh, what I came to realise was things like when sleep didn't go my way or I didn't get what I really needed to accept that really quickly and then say to myself, let's make some time for a rest later. You know, casting it forward instead of feeling robbed to kind of pre-plan that, okay, that that didn't go so great, but I'm going to take that time out. The self-care aspect is so huge. And I think 
the self-care that needs to happen for a new mother or an expecting mother or father is one of those things that I would encourage planning parents to consider like how will I map in that self-care that I'm going to need because it will be foundational for how I provide care to others and I probably didn't really get that message uh, before I had children and it took me a while to get there but it's things like self-care kind words acknowledging the mental chatter that goes on with oftentimes for me a lot of criticism about not being good enough and I think one of the the powerpoints um, is praise, self-praise for what you did do great. And once again, praise from anybody else, again, kind of falls on deaf ears. But if you can praise yourself for something that you did just do great or that you were thrilled about or that made a difference to your day, then make sure that you take the time to acknowledge that and also accept that if you look at the, the balance sheet, you're actually doing a lot that's great. And again, you're already good enough because you just are and you're already the parent and you're already the mother you already have the bond and uh, taking some time for yourself is okay in fact it's essential and I think having to give myself permission for being able to take that time and holding yourself higher up in the pecking order because once again the only person that can bump you up is you And for me, it was so easy to say, just come last. And for years, come last. But it's not sustainable and it's not beneficial to the kids. And so the irony is, I I guess I saw that as my solution or the equation to more success. I wasn't necessarily able able to give it to myself just because. But I kind of realized, actually, if I want to do better and be better and feel better, I'm going to have to actually give it to myself. And so the self-care aspect is so huge. Things like being able to ask for help, uh, taking that rest time, the mental acknowledgement where you may be criticising yourself more than what's due and being able to give praise to yourself and also just to ask for help and say if things are a bit tough because sometimes just saying it and sharing it to someone who can help. For me, that's my mum. Or looking forward to inviting someone over who you know, okay, it's 10am, I've got to get through to five, someone's coming at five. Okay, I've just set that up for myself. And once again, that message of it really just has to come from within. That's it. Like if you feel like you have to give 95% or 99% or try and give 100% of your attention and your kindness and your care and your thought, your brain space, just to your baby or your children then that isn't sustainable and that will contribute to what is exhausting you in what is already a pretty exhausting experience. So if you can, with gentleness, with kindness, like I love that, I think that's so important, try and shift the balance and say, I need I need a bigger portion of this care from myself and actually the science shows that that is beneficial for my child as well. I also really love that you talked about both like feelings, thoughts, those patterns of self-criticism, tough thoughts, like I should just be able to push through this, and also the kind of external world. Because it can be really hard if you're like, I know I should be doing self-care. This is what everybody says, but I have no one to give the baby to or no one that I feel comfortable or I feel worried about leaving the baby with someone else. You know, those are really common feelings. And so if you're in that position, it can be like, wow, self-care is another thing that I have to try and be perfect at. I have to check that off the to-do list. So asking for help, if you can, that's huge. 
or if you can't, and some of us really don't have someone that we can give the baby to. Sometimes you're just at home and there's no one who can give you a break. And then kind thoughts, little moments, letting yourself finish your cup of tea before you run to attend to the baby. Those can be just as valuable, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, a half day of a self-care festival. That's not realistic really for most new parents. Even those little moments can be so helpful. And so I guess on that topic, this is an awesome concept, right? Good enough parenting. The first thing I think people are going to think is, how do I make that happen for me? Sounds great. How do I apply this? So you weren't really aware of this formal concept, this theory at the time, but you were definitely living it, learning it. Are there specific strategies or supports that you feel like helped you make this happen? I think one of the things, Alice, is uh, being mindful of not comparing yourself or someone else's experience even if they're going through it at the same time and I was probably guilty of looking outward going oh they've got it all together or they're doing so great or they're better than me oh gosh their baby or their body or what have you I found it really important to release those comparisons um, not just in my peer group you know through mother's group or what have you but you know things like social media or, or I'm prone to researching and reading a lot, cross-referencing, getting my data, being so sure and convincing everyone around me that I, I'm right. And I probably uh, gave that up a little because I think when you're looking outward or you're looking to something else to um, confirm like what you're doing, um, you're actually not giving yourself the trust that you probably deserve. And it's also when we talk about you're already enough – who's the one person you can really count on. It actually is you. And so trusting that you will find the way and you'll manage through the next hour or that day and your baby will be great and you will be great. I think the other thing is um, practicing to be verbal and assertive when you can. One of the things that I experienced when I had a lot of anxiety um, was contracting in and uh, living in your head and your um, heart a little so I found it really important to assert what I needed. So if there was someone to come and help and I didn't want them to be with the baby, I would be able to say, hey, it'd be really great if you can come, but I need you to do X, Y, and Z. And I actually just want to sit and cradle the baby. So being able to be clear about that um, and when no one was around to be able to just accept that and go, it, like the next breath is going to come, the next hour is going to come, I'm going to get through, everything's going to be okay. You've shared so many experiences and insights and tips with us. If you had one final message that you wanted to give to new parents or expecting parents thinking ahead about what this is going to be like, what would it be? I think the first piece is you're already enough. I think that is so simple. But if you start there, then things look a bit easier. Um, and I think the other thing is things may not go as you expect them to go. Um, so prepare yourself to be open and to go with the flow a little more than what you may normally. Um, although it's a time where you want, and it's so important, you want to be in control. There's so many aspects where you'll need to lean on support, take advice and just go with it. And that's okay because it'll only be for a short time. And then through experience, you'll be able to get back up and, and manage things more on your terms. Thank you so much, Jess. Thanks, Alice. Such a pleasure. Good Enough Parenting means that as new parents, we can and should prioritize looking after ourselves. 
It means we have time to finish that cup of coffee while it's still hot, or our food, before attending to our baby. It also means we don't have to know what our baby needs all the time, and it kind of normalizes that babies often cry. Even when babies cry to let us know that they're hungry, it might take a number of minutes to actually figure out what they need, go through that troubleshooting process, and then organize however we're feeding them. And that's really part of life as a parent. A lot of new parents won't have that instant recognition of my baby is crying and this is what's required. As Jess said, it's such a learning process. Your baby doesn't have a manual and things change day to day. So if it takes a few minutes, if it takes five minutes instead of five seconds to get your baby what they need, that is really, really part of life as a parent. And what we know is that if you don't figure it out in seconds, if you actually finish your cup of tea first, then that can actually help their resilience. Caring for ourselves means our baby learns to gradually tolerate distress or upsets and become able to bear normal human feelings like sadness, frustration and disappointment. So we want to change the conversation from perfect parenting to good enough parenting and normalize in our communities that we're not just allowed to care for ourselves, but it's actually so important for us and for our babies. I can't thank Jess enough for joining us today and sharing her experiences and insights. If you or someone you know needs help, you can reach Panda through our website, panda.org.au, or call the Panda Helpline on 1300 726 306 between 9am and 7.30pm Australian Eastern Standard Time, Monday to Friday or Saturdays to the end of February 2021. If you need help outside those hours, you can call Lifeline 24-7 at 13114 or check the show notes for more helpful services plus more info and resources related to this topic. Survive and Thrive is a Panda podcast worked on by the Panda team and produced and edited by Stupid Old Studios in Brunswick. This podcast was recorded and produced on the land of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and never ceased, and we pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Thank you for listening to Survive and Thrive.